I'm trying if to keep, if you keep him on that side. I'm gonna be staring over your shoulder the whole time, like, because he's too tiny. Yeah, sometimes <laughs> it enable like split screen, but now I don't know where it's at. That's all right. We'll just you have know to, what? We'll have we're to gonna deal. go back to you looking all buff and big, so we're gonna <laughs> go back to the front buff screen. <laughs> deal. Just call me Big Dave. (laughs) You're listening to the Run the Riot podcast, where we talk about all things ultra running. I'm your host, David Terrio, and man, I'm pumped that you are here. Let's see what we can get into today. Hey there, my friends. Welcome to another episode of the Run the Riot podcast. And today we've got the ultra running guys. Yes, Jeff and Jeremy, the ultra running guys. You may have seen their posts on social media. Um, We connected online. I really like what these guys are doing. They've got a podcast going on. And uh, man, they're just building community and trying to encourage others a lot like like the Run the Riot podcast. So we connected and um, they'll be interviewing me uh, sometime this week uh, to be on their podcast and just, just enjoy enjoyed connecting with them, getting to know them, and I encourage you to go and check out what they're doing. But before we get started, we need to talk about the sponsors. First of all, Runner's World Tulsa. You need to check them out, www.runnersworldtulsa.com. If you're in the Tulsa area and you need shoes, you need packs, you need nutrition, you need uh, a treadmill with an altitude tent over it to train on, whatever you need for running, they've got it or can get it. Runner's World Tulsa. Tulsa. Check those guys out. They've got what you need, man, and they can help you. There's knowledgeable people. There aren't people who who don't run. They have run just about everything out there so they can help you with whatever your needs are and provide for you the products and services that you need to run the distance that you want to run. So check them out, www.runnersworldtulsa.com. And we're also brought to you by the Outlaw Race Series, uh, www.outlaw100.com. You need to check out just all the races that they've got. They've got the Flat Flat Rock Triple Crown in Independence, Kansas. Those are races in January, April, and September. Lake McMurtry Run in Stillwater in April. The Flower Moon in Pawhuska in May. Dark and Dirty in Wilburton in July. The Thunderbird in Norman in November. And of course, they just had the Outlaw 100 and it's also got the 135. Um, You need to check that out if you haven't checked it out. I've got to get out there and run that race. These are great trail runs put on by great people. I'll be out plan on being out for Lake McMurtry and the Flower Moon. Probably Thunder, probably the rest of them I will be at if I can. Um, I'm planning on it. I love those races. Love the people that put it on. So you need to check it out. Outlaw100.com. And then last sponsor we want to talk about today is T8.run. Letter T, the number 8.run. Gear for ultra runners, created by ultra runners. Flagship product, the Commando Shorts, and they are guaranteed to keep you chafe free. I wore them for the Love It 100, and you know what? Chafe free, man. You need, I'm serious. It's they're awesome. I had somebody else this week say, "Hey, those things are legit." Yep, they're legit. They work. So go to T eight dot run, and uh, when you go to checkout, you put in uh, the code fifty, the number fifty dash run the riot, uh, and you get a discount. All right. So um, I guess that's about it, guys. If you haven't like rated the podcast or, or left the podcast some some input on Apple iTunes or wherever you listen, man, I encourage you to do that. Um, it just helps in in ratings and all that fun stuff. So if you would do that, man, I would just greatly appreciate it. And if you decide you want to partner with the po- podcast, like like so many have, man, and it's been it's just a blessing, man, when somebody decides they want to just partner with the podcast through Patreon, man, uh, it, it blesses my socks off, helps 
just pay for for hosting and a few other things and uh it, it's it's just a big help and you can find information about that by going to www.runtheriot.run and uh there's a patreon link there all right well i think that's about it let's get started with the ultra running guys Well, today on the Run the Riot podcast, we've got two guys, two ultra running guys. They're in uh, North Carolina, and uh, we're going to have a good time chatting today with, with Jeff and with with Jeremy, man. Welcome, guys. Thanks, man. We are so excited to be here. Yeah, thank you. Well, glad to have you. Been been keeping up with what you guys are doing with the podcast. But uh, first, before we start talking about all the podcast stuff and everything you guys have been doing, I want to get to know both of you as as individuals and so you know um I, I won't tell me a little bit about you guys and, and okay if there wasn't ultra running in the picture i want you guys to tell me just each one of you i i'm going there with each one of you you know tell me something about yourself tell me like just how people would see you if you didn't run oh man that is <laughs> don't get to decide who's gonna go first <laughs> no, well i probably wouldn't have an instagram that's for sure <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah, man. Uh, so, I mean, obviously for me, family first, uh, you know, married Shannon and got two kids, 15 and 13. They're a blast. Uh, you know, they're my life. Um, I do run a lot to keep sane. Um, but Air Force Reservist, that's how I met my wife and been doing that for, man, 19 years now. Oh. And uh, grew up in Southern California. Loved it out there. Um, met my wife in North Dakota. We knew we weren't going to stay there, and she's from out in this area. So ended up in North Carolina, and we just love it, man. Love to camp and get out and do things. Um, so, yeah. Sorry when you take running away. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, you got, you, I just, just throw, throw, you, throw you for a loop there real quick. I'm going to give Jeff a little bit more time to think of his answer. Well, what, uh, what part of California were you from? <laughs> uh, Southern California, so city of Orange in Orange County. Yeah. Okay. Um, born in Newport Beach and then grew up in Orange about 15 minutes from the coast. So it's it's actually very similar to where we're at now um, in terms of, you know, not being right on the water, but being able to be there in about 15, 20 minutes. So great nice. place to grow up. Had mountains close, had the ocean close. Uh, not, you know, besides people and it being expensive and just, yeah. you know, busy traffic, man, it was a great place to grow up for sure. Yeah. My, my son lives out in the ocean side right now and I, I like oh, to go yeah. there sit out there and run a little bit I'm, I'm overdue so i'm gonna head out there soon but a beautiful area yeah very expensive <laughs> yeah for sure yeah, yeah. jeff man who are you that's a really good question let's see so if running wasn't around um i would probably really really old and dead at this point uh, i was in poor health probably before i got, got involved in running um just a lot of internal issues with like you know blood pressure and diabetes and stuff and so um i would probably have continued down that pathway if running hadn't been oh, wow. a part of my life. And so, um, it's played a good role to kind of yeah. change some things for me. Um, <clears throat> married also been married. Um, I guess it's be 24 years, yes. 24 years in May. Yeah. It's very important to me too. Um, and I got three kids and what else do I want to say about me? Um, just got a puppy. I do have a brand new puppy, right? <laughs> um, an Aussie doodle that's 10 weeks old and is a terror in our home. <laughs> but, um, yeah, nothing really exciting because running, like I said, it's just it's changed me from a health perspective, probably more than anything else. 
Yeah. Um, how, are you from uh, the, uh, North Carolina originally? I'm from a little town called Somerville outside of South Carolina. It's outside of South Carolina. Somerville, South Carolina. It's outside of Charleston. Okay. Um, yeah. And I moved to Wilmington. God, I guess it's been 17, 18 years now. So I guess yeah. you could say I was pretty much a resident of this area now. But uh, I moved, moved to this um, back then for work and been here ever since. Yeah. Love it. Well, what what got you to? Uh, how long have you been running, and what what made what made you start doing this crazy thing we do? Ooh, so yeah, I was working. Um, <clears throat> I was actually working for a church at the time, and a colleague of mine was um, he was a triathlete and everything, and we were doing some major initiative with the church. We were launching a brand new campus and stuff, and he knew I had had some poor health <laughs> data, you could say, and so he said, "You should go out and start trying to run and everything." and um, I went out a couple times and ended up trying to wear a heart monitor and everything and could barely run even a half mile uh, without my heart getting over to heart rate getting over like 200. And so, yeah, it was a rough, rough day. So I got involved in it because of that. Um, I've been running since I was 39. I'm 48 now. And so uh, my first marathon was December of 2015. Um, so I guess I've been running about six years now, a little over six. But um, yeah, that's all. What'd you do? What'd you do it uh, in a church, man? I was a campus pastor. Awesome. Awesome. I'm a far, former ministry guy yep. here. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's know, know about all that and did a lot of things, man, and, and, and enjoyed it. Uh, just I'm working for a Christian school now, so it's good. It's good. Well, I'm, I'm a computer programmer now, so it's a little bit different. Oh, yeah. so, so you're in IT, too. I, I'm yes, an IT director for out here. Yeah, that's okay. Nerds. Awesome. Yeah, man, that's nerds. Right. Let's get it. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jeremy, have you – Have you? Uh, I mean, you're in, you're in the military, so have you always been uh, uh, fit or have you always run? I know you had to had to run, um, but uh, what about, you know, before you had to? Did you, did you grow up doing sports and stuff? So, uh, no. I'll say, it. <laughs> well, I grew up playing baseball, which did not include running. Okay. And then in high school, I was close enough to the beach where playing volleyball was mm. somewhat cool, but not that cool. You know, on the beach, like you could really get away with it. But uh, played volleyball in high school, never really did any kind of running for enjoyment, never enjoyed it at all. Um, got into weightlifting like later in high school and then after that. And so, uh, even in the military, I was, I was kind of a gym rat, loved lifting weights, hated running. Yeah. In fact, uh, I've got a couple, you know, for the air force, it's just a mile and a half PT run. And I had a couple that I puked after, you know, fueling up with like a Red Bull and a Snickers beforehand, just cause I never ran. So, uh, tried it and never worked out. Um, and really running came for me actually when Jeff was the campus pastor, I got into a morning men's group and that's really how we met. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the time, uh, I, <laughs> so I work in supply chain and I had come out from being military full time and just kind of found myself in probably the, I mean, I won't say I was unhealthy, but more sedentary sitting at a, in a cubicle than, you know, I'd ever been. Yeah. And so getting back into the gym, uh, started a body transformation challenge and essentially said, Hey, does anybody want to do this thing with me? And Jeff was like the only guy that was like, Hey, I'll do it. Uh, by the way, we were eating breakfast at Bojangles when yeah. we had that conversation. So, <laughs> that, I was like, that, that health eating, food, that, uh, v- yeah. vegetarian health food, Bojangles, that one. Yeah. <laughs> I said I wasn't very healthy when all this got started. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice. Well, um, did, did you, you, do you still work out now? I mean, do you still uh, go to the gym and, and, 
Man, I, I wish I did, to be honest. Um, we did that for a long time. I just have not been co- uh, consistent with weights um, for a while. And I just kind of got back into doing a lot of body weight stuff, doing circuit in the morning, but it's not anything like I used to do. Yeah. Just, you know, the pendulum kind of really swung the other way with running. And so uh, mm. I definitely prioritize running over the strength stuff now, even though I know I probably need it. Yeah, uh, but, you know, I agree to, to some degree. I agree to some degree. So we were both, you know, doing the gym as well at times. But COVID kind of came about, and I think that knocked any opportunity out to going to the gym for a long time. Yeah. Because um, I was going to the gym at my own work, and it's not available to me. It hasn't been available for you know over a year now. And so even you just started getting to go back to your own gym here locally. And so it's just been different. Yeah, yeah. and there's been there's been pockets over the summer. Um, so I've been on active orders, and I was out in Wichita over the summer, <laughs> and their gym was open. And so I got I was lifting out there for. I don't know, probably six weeks. And so that helped, but mm-hmm. then coming back in, you know, getting the kids back to school and kind of the normal routine, um, yeah. and the body, the body weight stuff helps, but it is different, you know, mm-hmm. than going in and actually lifting some weight. So, well, well, here, here's, here's the, the question because I, I, I like the gym too. I did wrestling. I did jujitsu and I like to go to the gym, but the, the lifts that I enjoy doing, they're not exactly the kind that help with running. Uh, so, so, so functional lifts or bro lifts, what do you guys do? <laughs> Uh, I would say a good mix. Okay. Okay. Physically, we're completely different. I am scrawny and he is not. So anything like body weight is heavy to me. <laughs> yeah. But even when we were at the gym a lot, we did, when I mean, we did a mix, we did the, you know, we did the curls and the normal stuff, but, yeah, we were Spartan training. but then we did a lot of Spartan kind of grip, uh, okay. carrying stuff while we're doing lunges and, you know, some of the more functional climbing over walls, carrying logs. I mean, stuff that's, you know, may help you if you're trying to get out of a burning building probably won't but i don't i don't miss that at all i don't miss that at all so have you guys have you done uh you done some of the spartan races yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. And all that. Mm-hmm. Okay. So before I married, before I, I married my wife, she she did like the obstacle course races, and she was always like, "You need to come do that." But I was always training for an ultra or something. Like our first Valentine's Day dating, I, I was running for 126 miles from Baton Rouge to New Orleans. And so, but so we, I've never done one. And uh, are are you, are you done with that, or are you still kind of thinking about doing? It? <laughs> I'm done with it. <laughs> I mean, I would, I would love to do it again. It's just, again, just prioritization. I think, I, but for me, it was definitely the gateway into ultras. Oh yeah, I agree. Um, I mean, for us, we were in the gym and so it was two, we ran the first one in 2014. So end of 2013, they had a Spartan sprint, not too far from here. And at the time, you know, people weren't really doing them. It was new. Yeah, it was still new. It sounded incredibly scary, especially for a couple of guys that didn't run a whole lot. Um, so we signed up for it and went and did it and kind of fell in love and spent a couple years, really mainly 2014, 2015, um, doing it, but, uh, and, and that's what got me into running. And then eventually I was like, okay, I could do without the other stuff. Let's just go run really far. So yeah, it was rough. Yeah. It, was it was rough. rough. <laughs> it was a blast. Cause I had only been running for a couple years at that point. I mean, I was, like I said, we were about 40. Yeah. So it was rough. Yeah. And then you climb and then you, you know, I don't know, I, I might, maybe I'll, maybe I'll do one one day if when I'm not training for something, I don't know. <laughs> you would, I mean, you're uh, scared you're going to jump off a wall and sprain your ankle or something, you know? For, well, for me, the obstacles <laughs> were the comfort, you know, for, so I did a lot okay. better at the more, the shorter, denser ones, just because I had spent time in the gym. Yeah. So, I mean, pulling stuff, climbing over things, that was all easy. It was when, you know, 
the guy would say they like the guys you get the cross country guys that like Pepe Le Pew past you as I'm, I can't <laughs> yeah. catch my breath. And so, uh, it, as soon as you got anything longer and there was running in, and that really, for me was like the wake up call. So it got me running is cause I wanted to get better at Spartans. Mm-hmm. And then eventually said, okay, now that I enjoy running, let's, you know, take yeah. the next step kind of, but, and, and really Jeff got me running cause he had running goals and we kind of mm-hmm. did it together, but yeah, uh, I got tired of doing burpees. Yeah, <laughs> the burpees are straight from the pit of Hades, man. It's terrible. They, they work. Yeah. They suck. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. <laughs> so, um, so you guys, when you when you started decided to start focus on running, um, and and did you do the five k, ten k, did y'all do the road stuff to start? I mean, because I did. I did. did. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I ran. <clears throat> I did a lot of. Like I said, when I first started running, and I guess that was 2012, the first time I actually started running with the guy who got me in to it um i did 5k's 10k's i think my first race was a 10k it was like the cooper river um bridge down in charleston is a oh, yeah. large it's a 10k they have and the bridge itself is a mile um, span and so yeah. it was really really cool but um just decided at some point i really wanted to do a marathon and it was because i didn't think i would ever be able to do something like that and so started training for the marathon and for some reason decided i wanted to get a certain time goal which was stupid to do for your first marathon and tell everybody now you know if you want to do a marathon you got to have a goal which is to finish it first don't worry about yeah. the other stuff yep but um so yeah i did the first marathon and then my first 50k was actually a month later oh wow okay 2016. i don't know why i have no idea i mean it was just a local race i was like oh, i'll give that a whirl yeah well you're already training for the marathon so what, yeah was the 50k on trail yes the road, so the he, marathon was not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so you just jumped. Okay. different. It took <laughs> how, me how, just two hours to do the two hours and fifteen minutes longer to do the fifty k versus my road marathon. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. So yeah. <laughs> I was like, "What happened here?" But it was awesome. I absolutely loved it. Um, it was my favorite thing. I thought I'll run marathons and stuff, sure. But um, and I've run a few more since then. But um, I just loved it a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's 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 a you know and I I did the you know started doing marathons and stuff and when I when I discovered the trails it's hard to oh man it's it's something something about it and do you guys find you recover quicker from the trails than than road races? I do for sure. In yeah. fact, I use trails a lot of times for recovery runs. Mm-hmm. Now, and, and we probably don't have the same kind of trails you do, I would imagine, or that a lot of people have, you know, being on the coast. But um, so most of our trails around here, if we want to just go locally, are kind of like mountain bike trails, single track. Mm-hmm. But, you know, not a ton of elevation. But um, I definitely find that, like, the variance in footfalls mm-hmm. and all that really helps with recovery. Yeah. Well, it's it, uh, yeah, just eat and, and dirt is so much easier on the body for me than than a road. Uh, I did a marathon and then di- a week later did a 50 miler and I was felt so much better after 50 miles than in the, than the yeah. marathon, you know, and it's it. Yeah, just just much better. So you you uh, Jeff, you did the fifth, the 50 K right after. Mm-hmm. And um, how did your how did your body respond to that? I mean, I, I, you know, first time doing it. Mm-hmm. God, I don't remember. I wish what people could hear your expression in your face. I wish they could hear what I see. <laughs> yeah, that's why. That's why we video ourselves for our own because it's like, they need to see the expressions you make. But yeah, it's um. I don't even remember how how it felt. I just know it was it was rough. Um, I think you just had feet problems, but aside yeah, from that, I think you did well. What else is new? So it's because um, it, it was a um, six mile loop and it was a little over six miles and it was five of them. And I just remember the last one. I had gone over the marathon mark and. And it was just brutal. I thought, this is rough. Like, this is really rough. And again, it was trail and stuff, and I wasn't used to that. 
but um i'm pretty sure i was sore for a while yeah um but that like that's kind of gone away now like at post races i, I tend to want to go do something within a couple of days you know just to go run or even just to break the legs in again so yeah. Yeah. But it was new. So gotcha. Jeremy, what what about you, man? When when did you first take that that uh um, you know, what was your progression? <laughs> yeah, so I mean I said I'd never really done any running. I, I'd done like a five K or two years before just jumping yeah. into something. I had done a half marathon mm-hmm. when uh, a buddy of mine like in twenty ten said, Hey, let's do it. We gave ourselves like six weeks. You know, my knees were killing me afterwards. Like it just was not the right way to do it. Yeah, um, yeah. Which reinforced my, you know, not enjoying running. So that that's kind of the past. But but once you start doing the Spartan stuff and really starting to run, so Jeff, that first marathon, he was training for it for December of 2015. And I said, hey, for account, I want to become a better runner for Spartan. So for accountability, I'll do your plan with you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I didn't run the marathon, but we essentially did the plan together. And then the 50K, uh, I was signed up for that. And so we were going to do that together. Um, and then as it has what happened, yeah, as luck had it, <laughs> as luck had it. Um, I actually won an entry into the Riceville Beach Marathon around here I in March. About that crap. Yeah. And so it was like December. So we were both going to do the 50K. I won a free entry and 12 weeks of training. And so I decided, heck, I'll go run a marathon instead and try to qualify for Boston on my first time out and just see what happens. Um, And then the coach at the time said, I'm not going to let you do a 50K, you know, six weeks before. Um, And so I ended up doing a relay and ran 20 miles of the relay. Uh, So that was kind of my first trail run was when he did the 50K, I did 20 miles of the relay. Um, Ended up running the marathon in March. And then we both ran the JFK 50 in November of that year. And that's, that was kind of the progression. Um, and then really from there, I think, I don't think I ran another race until JFK the following year, uh, which was 2017 and then ran Umstead the first hundred in 2018. So gotcha. Jeff tends to run a, a lot more races. Um, Just slower. <laughs> <laughs> a lot slower. And, I uh, forgot there was a reason why I, that we signed up for that race. Yeah. It's the second time we signed up for the same race and you didn't show up to do the same race. Oh, man. Anyways, David. <laughs> <you're in. laughs> so he's a no, good friend no. is what you're saying. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's an inside joke. It's all good. I'm a masochist. Yeah, I am. Yeah. <laughs> I'm backed out of masochist. We're scared. <laughs> well, <laughs> hey, how'd you, Jeremy, how, how did you do on that first marathon with the goal to, to BQ on it? Man, so it went really – so you know the wall that everybody talks about? Yes, sir. It's there, man. I found it. <laughs> um, so I was – I had to run a 310 to qualify, and I was running 710 pace right up through, you know, 18, 19, and then just started to fall apart. So I ended up finishing at 316, which I was – you know, for first time out, was really oh, yeah. happy. Um, yeah. It was a bummer to miss it by a few minutes, but, I mean, no complaints. But it was a – I remember finishing and the first words out of my mouth were, I don't ever want to do that again. And so I told my wife, I don't ever want to try that again. Oh man. It, it's hard to explain what that wall feels like to people. It, it's, you know, you feel like you're flying and you look at your pace and it's like, I'm not doing nine or, you know, whatever, you know? And, uh, I, I say it's like running through peanut butter. It's kind of just, <laughs> just Bro, yeah, I, I felt it. I mean, you know, I definitely, uh, it was gone. The glycogen was gone. Yeah. And so I, I went from 710 to, you know, 730 to eight. And then eventually just said, my goal was to not walk, you know, yeah. just keep yeah. the feet moving. And, um, you know, of course, half mile from the finish line, I had a leg cramp and had to hop along for a minute. And 
It's like, gosh, <laughs> they couldn't have waited three more minutes, you know? But, <laughs> nice. Uh, but it was good. I mean, it was a great experience. Um, I actually think that's one of the reasons I enjoy ultras more mm-hmm. than, uh, I think, I think running a run, a hard road marathon is, is much tougher mentally for me than, <clears> you know, trying to get out and do something long in ultra. Cause you're just trying to hold that red line. And I, yeah. for me, in an ultra, yeah. that's where I'm at. It's more about, you know, consistency versus mm-hmm. holding that edge. So, well, you got, uh, you guys did the, uh, the JFK 50 then, uh, first time you both signed up for it. What, what kind of, uh, training did you guys do? Did you train together? Just do long runs together? And, and, you know, I, I'm so, just... yeah, we've actually, we never really, run together mm-hmm. so we okay. compare notes a lot we hope we use each other for accountability we um, live about a, two miles apart yeah mile and a half <laughs> but we don't run together we share plans <laughs> we uh, run in the same neighborhood yeah we don't run together <laughs> really <laughs> yeah he's fast with me by at least okay. a minute minute and a half per mile i got you. well I, and jeff prefers to run alone i do good lord yes i do <laughs> <laughs> i like to be alone when i run i really yeah. do mm-hmm. so you i mean do, do, do you do any group runs jeff i mean um, only if people, um, highly encourage me to, <laughs> I say that. So I've had some really good conversations with some people that recently yeah. run with, I've enjoyed it. But, um, like for me, when I go to run, I, I do like to just kind of disengage from it all. Um, yeah. just, it's an escape. So, yeah. Yeah. But well, I, I like, I like talking to people when I'm out there with them. I just, uh, yeah. I start huffing and puffing. <laughs> You can't talk to anybody. Go slower. I'm like, go any slower. Run and just go walk. <laughs> well, Jeremy, do you do you run alone for the most part, or uh, you you know you got people you run with, or the majority of my runs are by myself, but I do have buddies that I run with or meet up and do some trail. It just depends. If there's people going out, I'll go do it. Um, yeah. I, I enjoy I enjoy the time alone as well. So I mean, I like the mix for sure. Um, yeah. I find that the time passes quicker you know when you're running with people um but at the same time just from a kind of a mindset and solving my problems and all that you know i enjoy although that being said i just recently uh we had a guy on the podcast that runs with aftershocks and listens to books and that that never really appealed to me yeah um it's great isn't it i know so i've actually just within the last few weeks started listening to books and podcasts and um I really enjoyed that. I, I, I do this. I go through phases and uh, I've, I've actually run a hundred mile race up in Kansas and listened to a whole book during, during the hundred mile race, you know, and just, uh, you know, and, and, and training. Sometimes I'll train listening to, to books and it's, it, it kind of helps me. I don't know. Uh, Jeff, you, you've been doing it a little while. Uh, listening I've to listened, books? Uh, no, not books. I listen to me to music a lot of okay. times, okay. but um, just started listening to books too, because the same guest. Okay. Like, hey, gotcha. I've got crap in my ears all the time when I'm running. Running, so I wanted to just like listen to a book and kind of get a little bit more, you know, personal growth out of it. And so it's been yeah. good. Um, yeah. And I'm going to continue doing that. I personally have a hard time listening to music just because of cadence. I find that I find that it messes up my, you yeah. know, kind of my cadence and, and I'll find myself in different rhythms, which is part of the reason I always resisted it. Um, yeah. But the books and the, and the podcasts have been helpful. But yeah, you know, your question, Jeff and I, which I think is one of the reasons it works really well for the podcast and for the friendship and everything, we tend to do things pretty different um, across yeah. the board in terms of the way we train, the way we uh, approach nutrition, the way we approach a, b- a bunch of things. So, like I said, we, we've been it's been great to hold each other accountable. Most of the time, our training plans are different, even mm-hmm. if we're training for the same really? race. Yeah. And I think it's always worked really well. Well, yeah. well how? 
Go ahead. No, uh, how are they different? What What are you guys doing that that's different that that's different from each other? Oh God, it's everything. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, we like I said, we eat different. We, um, but even from a training plans, I think it's more that we just end up landing on. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll look at something and I'll go, Hey, I really like you know the big back to back weekend mileage mm-hmm. or something like that, and be attracted to that. And he'll find something that you know he prefers, and so we'll say, Okay, well here's our two plans, and. You know, and, and we've talked about it, I mean, on the podcast as well. And obviously with your experience, I, I would imagine you feel the same. The, if, you know, when I first got into ultra running, it was like looking for the magic, right? Hey, what's the right way to do everything? Yeah. And then you kind of realize the more you do it, that everybody's different. Mm-hmm. And what you eat is probably different than what I eat. And, you know, that works. Yeah. And so, um, and it's okay. Yeah. And that, and exactly. Really okay. And that's okay. And so I think we kind of just said, Hey, you figure out what works for you and I'll figure out what works for me and we'll support each other. And, um, yeah, yeah we have a, I'd say we have a, um, we do have a difference of opinion on a couple of things, you know, not, not as like we disagree with each other. It's just, we have different, you know, benefits from it. That yeah, we I'm, see. I'm right. He's wrong. We'll figure it out. Pretty much. Right. <laughs> but, <laughs> It's funny, but the truth of the matter is he's wrong. But um, <laughs> but seriously, though, it we've got a very healthy respect for each other um, and each other's opinion about things. And so, like, you know, if I don't agree with what he's saying, it doesn't I don't actually think he's wrong. I just think it works for him. Yeah. Um, and I think it doesn't work for me. And so I've noticed that in just the ultras I've done and just the experience I've, I've started to put together with him. Um, and the things I've kind of learned what did and did not work for me is that I find that I'm performing better, you know, and. And those are what helped me to, I guess, give some sort of credence to what I'm trying to, to accomplish in my own training and everything. It's like, okay, this is kind of what works for me and how this shows up in my races and stuff that mm-hmm. I've done. And so it may or may not work for him, but um, that's okay. You know, and yeah. that's where we have like a mutual respect that that's what works for him. That's really cool. And this is what works for me. And that's cool too. And so it's, um, I think it's what make it, makes us work well together um, in the things we're doing. Yeah. One of the things I like to do on the podcast and we'll, we'll do it at the, at, at the end is, is asking about, you know, what, what everybody uses and does. And it's, 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 it's amazing. You'll have two, two people that, that perform, I mean, really perform really well. And, you know, like Camille Heron's eating Taco Bell before races and during races and stuff. And Courtney DeWalter's eating jelly beans and, you know, and, and, and then you got some people just strict fat adapted and, and everything else. Either you guys do, do keto or fat adapted stuff or, or what's your philosophies on, on nutrition? I eat crap. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff eats crap. If you didn't, I mean, whatever it is, I'm going to eat it. I, you know, I just eat all the time. Do you run yeah. so you can eat? Is that, I do. And so, and I don't mind, like even when I go on a long run over the weekend and stuff, I'm going to be eating. I'll take food with me and I'll just eat because that's what I do. And it, and it's not, um, and I guess I learned it from the first, cause I bonked on my first marathon and then realized for my second marathon, that I had to start getting better calories and stuff. Now I try to be very intentional about goose and all that kind of stuff in the, in the early days. But now that I've been doing ultras, I try to eat like real food. And so I'll take like peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and that kind of stuff or fruit in like little Ziploc bags. And I look like a, a pantry sometimes in my, if I'm out for a long run over the weekend, if it's like a three or four hour run, I've just got all kind of food carrying with me and I'll eat some of it or not. It just depends. And I'm always just trying, trying to eat it just to see what it's like and how my stomach does. You've gone, uh, I think we'll, we've both gone through phases of trying different things. Mm-hmm. And there's been times I think, you know, get real intentional about one thing and then, <laughs> you know, that ends up shifting. But um, for me, I tend to, right now I'm kind of a mix, but uh, I definitely like the fat adaptation, mm-hmm. uh, low carb. 
uh, do most of my runs fasted. Um, and then when I go out to run, uh, not worried about taking in like for racing, you know, then, um, I'm definitely drawn more now to real food, but, uh, mm-hmm. and recently I've been trying like the spring energy, done a couple of races with Martin recently to try them out. Seemed to work all right, but I, I think I like food, you yeah. know? Yeah. Um, and it's tough. We, we always say, because all our guests, you know, people love tailwind and doesn't work for either one of us. And it's, that's one of those things where it's like, man, it crushes yeah. my gut. Yeah. yeah same, same. Yeah. And, but some people, you know, swear by it. Um, but, and I think I heard, I listened to one of the ones, I think you've done keto or fat adaptation stuff, low carb in the past. Is that something you're still doing? No, yeah, I, I did. I was doing it and I used to do tailwind up until I did Tahoe and, um, Tahoe, man, after drinking so much of that stuff, I can't, I can't do it anymore. It, it gets me, you know, and it's a great part. I, I like the way it fueled me. It was good. That was good, but I just, it doesn't agree with me anymore. And then, uh, I, I, I've been doing fat adapted, but after Moab, you know, after a race, you kind of oh, yeah. go off the rails and, uh, I never got back on the track. So, um, you know, I went in training for, for love it and, uh, you know, been eating not too terrible, but not, not fat adapted anymore. You know, not, 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 a you know, high fat, low carb or anything like that. So, um, I'll probably shift more toward that, but I like more just natural paleo. Uh, even when I was doing, I call it, I don't know, keto paleo, um, just, just, just good, healthy food and, and, you know, a cheat day or two in there. Um, that's kind of how, how I do it, but <laughs> yeah, well, I'll tell you one of the things that I, I don't know if you've ever done whole 30. Um, I, I, I did, uh, this was, a, this was before I even moved to Oklahoma. Yeah. It was a while back or yeah, that was crazy. <laughs> I learned so much about my body from doing whole 30. And so yeah. I think it really still shapes when I go, okay, I, now I want to increase performance from it. If I'm really going to drive up my mileage, you know, there's, there's just mm-hmm. certain things. I mean, obviously I think sugar for everybody in terms of inflammation, but, um, yeah. I never realized how much dairy, you know, bothered my joints and that kind of stuff until everything was gone and I recovered like instantly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so even though I don't eat that way all the time, I think it just helped me understand that, okay, when I want to really get better or improve performance, I need to cut a few things out and really focus on, you know, some of the other clean stuff. And that's just helped a lot. Yeah. Well, one of the hard things are right now, I mean, I'm in, I'm in taper and, um, you gotta cut calories, man. You can't keep eating like you've been eating when you're running, you know, running 80 miles a week and then you just keep, you know, uh, it's, that, that gets rough, you know, kind of changing things up, especially my wife loves to cook and it's, it's terrible. <laughs> yeah. I, it's funny, man. I actually don't, and it's probably a problem, but I don't, I, I eat the same way, mm-hmm. whether I'm running 80 miles a week or 30 miles a week or just got done with the race or in, in terms yeah. of kind of my throughout the day and how many calories it's unless yeah. I go off the rails then it's probably triple the calories but yeah, I would tell you that if you're tapering you should keep eating just as much as you were before you're just stocking up man that's right <laughs> yeah. yeah but you're I gonna burn them I, I right. feel it man I, you know <laughs> carry an extra weight man uh well um so so you guys uh you, different philosophies you you go do you go out and do your first okay first 50 miler um you know was that a, a new new pain for for you guys? Uh, how how was that? Uh, JFK, I've never run it. I know a little bit about about it, but uh, how was that, guys? 
It was awesome. Oh my god, it was awesome. <laughs> awesome. It was rough. So the other thing too, because we've done some, several races together, and there we've got a history of like bringing on the worst weather in oh, race history god. kind of thing. Huh. Um, so the first the the first JFK that we ran and the first one that had the weather? Yeah. Well they both had terrible weather. But the first one started out great and then ended up with forty mile an hour gusts and then it sleeted on us. Um nice. what was it, the second one then? And then different it just rained. A lot of rain in the second one. Um so I mean you know, we did have very different experiences. For me, the big thing that I remember about JFK was getting to a point because you know the first 15 miles are on the Appalachian Trail and then you've got essentially the last you do a marathon on the the towpath and then you got some rolling hills and I thought okay so when I get to that towpath you know and then it's gonna be time to cruise and I got off the Appalachian Trail feeling great and then realized man I did not run on enough trails my legs are shot I'm at mile 23 <laughs> and I'm gonna I may have to walk the rest of this thing you know like I went through that moment of panic yeah um, and it's really served me well in races after that to realize that no, I was okay and I could walk run. And I essentially ran almost 30 miles doing a, uh, oh, man, I can't remember what I did. Um, it might've been like a one, one minute walk and then run for half a mile. I think that's what I did. Half mile run, one minute walk and did that for like 30 miles and realized like, okay, I get to okay. <laughs> yeah, this is all right. Yeah. Um, but for me, that's the that's really what I remember about that race. And the rest of it went okay, and the weather kind of sucked. Um, I'll let you tell your story now. I don't even know where I would <laughs> want to talk about that. It was rough. It was rough. It was I'm, rough. I'm very glad that I finished that race. Um, I think if my my wife fortunately did not find me at, at uh, mile marker 44, she was going to try to meet me there for some reason, but she couldn't find it. Thank God. Because probably would have got in the car and just said, let's roll. Because it was rough. I um, I had a bit of an injury at that time, and that kind of blew up on me while I was there. And, yeah, it was rough. It was good, though. Yeah, for the record, Jeff ran that with a stress fracture in his foot. It's all good. Oh, wow. Hey, it was fine. You, you had it before? So I had something wrong with my foot. I, I, I didn't know it was a stress fracture at the time. Um, and so... It didn't bother me. Um, I, I mean, I loved the Appalachian Trail. The first 15 miles, like you said, it was incredible. I think the adrenaline was just pumping. Yeah. Uh, and I loved it a lot. And then it just started killing me at some point. Um, my foot did. And I walked a lot towards the end. And we got to the rolling hills, which is then paved again. It's another road the last eight and a half miles. And <clears throat> I think I walked 75% of that because I started coming running down one of the, the downhills. And it was just slamming and I couldn't take anymore. Yeah. Um, I also deal with cold not very well. Um, so I have this condition called Raynaud's where my um, body aches really bad and I lose circulation in my fingertips. And so it hits people a little bit differently. But yeah. when cold weather or when you go through weather extremes and your core can't catch up, you deal with different issues if you have this, right? Um, like I said, different people respond a little differently to it. But so this day, I think it started off mid-50s. Yeah, it was nice. nice. And then a cold front came in. We knew the cold front was coming in. And, you know, by four or five hours in, I think by lunchtime, it was snowing um, and just like all over the place. And I don't know if it rained after that. No, it, the temperatures dropped. It stopped snowing and then the temperatures kept plummeting. Um, and I didn't have nearly enough clothes on at that time. And yeah, you um, came in looking like a... I mean, I had a jacket. <laughs> yeah, came in looking like that. I, was, I had clothes, but my body at that point was just already gone, and so yeah. uh, it was rough. But super, super glad I finished it. Um, and it's probably of of them because it was the first fifty miler. The finish, I'm most proud of that finish, probably because mm. it, it was a bad place. Well, you know, 
when we talk about racism, when you step up in distance, it's always it's always harder, and there's always like something there. But like you finish both of you know both of you hit adversity, and then you push through and and finish, and that's that's why we do it, you know. Exactly. You know, uh, you're both talking about that about it, but like even Jeff, you know, you had to walk a bunch, but you you were proud of it, and and same, you know, you you were hurting during it, but you you're proud of it. That's one of the things I don't know. I, that's why we do it, you know, to push ourselves because we, you did that and then you go on to do more. And then at some point you guys both jump into a hundred miles. So yeah. <laughs> did you, you, now, now you're, you're, you didn't do the same first 100 mile, right? We did. Oh, you did. You did. Oh, you did. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mine got marked as a 50 miler because the way the Umstead works is that if you complete 50 miles, they give you a 50 mile finish. Um, oh, I'd, okay. I'd signed up to do the hundred that day as well. Again, another day of cold. Um, Worst weather in race history is what they said. Yeah, so it, it was snowed. snowed in, it snowed in Raleigh in April, which was snowed and rained the entire time. It, it rained the entire time, and then the the temperature dropped like twenty degrees from mid fifties to the low thirties mm-hmm. in a matter of like two hours. And uh, yeah, it was rough. I rain. think like almost sixty percent of the field dropped. Dropped, and a big part wow. of it was due to hypothermia. Mm-hmm. And people weren't ready for the temperature drop, so. But so, you had so a great race. You had a great race. So what I'm hearing uh, is that if you guys are doing a race so yes. far from your story, don't sign up. Go do something different. Or, That's or, <laughs> or just expect an epic story to come expect, out of it. Yeah. You know, the weather will be fun. Yeah. No, 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 so so Umstead, you and uh, Jer- Jeremy ended up having a good you – had, you had a good race. Um, it's I a fast did, course, man. isn't it? Pretty yeah, fast course. I mean, I, you know, I don't have much to compare it to and, and compared to, you know, probably a lot of the mountain ultras for sure. Um, you know, so it's on bridle trails in Umstead Park. So, I mean, it's it's not single track, you know, mm-hmm. uh, it's about 8000 feet, I think, total for the whole thing. Um, yeah. So when you're used to running flat, it feels, you know, you feel it, but it's not anything crazy. Um, I just I got really lucky that I got in a good group early on, which told me I probably was running a little bit too fast <laughs> because the one of the girls that was there, um, she ended up winning the race. And uh, it was her and a couple other people that just had a ton of experience. And I started asking them questions and they, they said right away, they said, just eat, get in all your calories right now, because when the temperature drops, people are going to drop like flies. Mm-hmm. And they were 100 percent right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that really helped me set up just being intentional about keeping my calories in. Um, and I tend to do well in cold. So when the temperature dropped, I did okay with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, luckily just, I mean, I, you know, there's moments like anything else, but, um, luckily I had a really good day. Yeah, so. you did. It, isn't it amazing that we can be running a race and like you're, you're, you're learning and talking to people. I, I mean, I've been in the same boat, you know, asking questions and, you know, a first, first race, like, Hey, what do you know? What do I do? I, yeah. Just talking to experienced people and learning from them. That's the coolest thing. You, you don't do that in marathons, you know, right. Hardly. I mean, unless you're running with your own group, but, uh, I don't know. I love that. And a lot of people hear that and they're like, wait, what you're talking and you're, 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 you get to know people. It's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, a lot of those, for a handful of them did like the first 50 miles together almost, you know, you come into the main aid station and everybody kind of scatters and then you kind of regroup as you see each other on the course again. Um, but, you know, at the same time when I'm going, Hey, so, I mean, it's my first of course that, you know, everybody thinks 24 hours. So I'm like, man, that'd be awesome if I can get under 24. And I'm running with these three people. One of them's like, you know, yeah, I'm looking for sub 20 and you know, this and that. And I thought, <laughs> man, I'm probably <laughs> not in the right group. But uh, it ended up all right. All right, guys, we're going to take a quick break in the action to tell you about two races real quick. 
First of all, the Snake Run. You need to check out the Snake Run. It's March 14th. It's up at Turkey Mountain, place where I train a lot. I spend a lot of time at Turkey Mountain prepping for mountain races and everything else. Well, it's a Snake Run. It's a timed. It's a three-hour and a six-hour, and the medals are stinking cool. They got snakes on them with glowy eyes and a clock, and then um, if you place, there's like it's like a, I don't know, it's a snake. It's like a big snake. It's cool. So so check out the snake run at www.snake.run. Yeah, check it out. Also, um, you can find out a little bit about this race from www.runnersworldtulsa.com. Boy, it's hard to say that sometimes, www.runnersworldtulsa.com. But uh, check out the March 13th St. Patrick's Day 5K and One Mile Fun Run. The proceeds benefit Special Olympics Oklahoma and the Tulsa Running Club. There's door prizes. You better wear green or you're going to get pinched. And, uh, man, this is a, just a fun run. A lot of people have a good time coming out to it, so check that out all right let's get back to the ultra running guys you guys uh both did that one and then so i'm looking at at yours right now uh jeff you went back and got redemption man yeah i did i went back the following year um yeah i did i really wanted to go back and run it again and he ended up pacing me for the last not the last for the 50 for the final 50 miles um so he hung out the whole time with me which was really helpful too um you know that finish was different than obviously the, the JFK 50. That was brutal. 100 mile was brutal for me too. I mean, I had you know hip issues and all that kind of stuff. But um, it's a different type of pain. It was different for sure. So yeah. it was good. Yeah, there, there we actually there's that. a cool video out there about him. If you just Google or not, you know, go to YouTube and Jeff Winchester in the Umstead. Um, and it was fun. We put it together, but um, it was he, important. It was it's important for me. To go it back was to very it. important for him, and I really thoroughly enjoyed doing those last fifty and and going through that with him. And um, it was inspiring to watch him walk through the phases. You know, because a lot of times as a runner, you you feel it and you're in your own head. Yeah. Um, it was interesting to see it f- from the other side, and you know, and I also had to stand between him and I almost he, walked the off cliff the hill. because he kept <laughs> he kept leaning to the right, and I'd have to be like, nope, back on the course. <laughs> Um, I felt like drunk. Yeah, I felt like I was drunk. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, it was super inspiring. I mean, he he worked through some some real physical pain, and uh, you know, just kept going. And you know, you you know how that goes, man. You keep putting one foot in front mm-hmm. of the other, and eventually you get there. And so it was yeah. it was really neat to celebrate that with him. Well, Jeff, Jeff, just curious, man. Like, okay, so you you were you were in that pain cave, you know, and like, mm-hmm. uh, it's kind of funny. Like, when did you guys watch when Walmsley tried to break the the hundred the hundred k record? Did you watch that? Yeah, I did. did you that look on his face uh, at toward toward the end? Uh, I called my wife and I was like, I know that that what he's that that face i can feel it you know i know what he's feeling right there that 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 hurt that pain of course not nearly that fast or anything like that but you know that that's me after you know half the time at half the speed but um how do you when you when you encountered that jeff you know that that feeling that pain what what kept you going like what did you what did you draw upon this is your first hundred miler and how did you you know dig deep you know once you've done it you kind of know where you are and you can you got tools but how did you do how did you do that um geez that's interesting because for this one um that that hundred miler i think that i was in the um so for the first hundred miler that that did not finish the yeah. I'd gone to the um, medical area or whatever it was, 
Um, and we were talking about the fact I was dealing with cold really, really bad. And he said that was when, you know, people were dropping because of hypothermia, but I was dealing more with rain odds kind of like causing a lot of like pain for me. And so I went in there and after con- like discussing with the medical folks and everything and, and they, we were just talking, I ended up pulling myself, um, that day because of that, um, having talked to the, you know, the doctors and everything on site. So on the second one around mile 75, I guess, or 67 and a half, 75, the 75, I'd gone in, I was having tremendous foot problems, you know, I hadn't, obviously you get blisters, right, with, with yeah. these things, but I was having blisters underneath my calluses and stuff, and also in my toenails underneath them, and so um, my show, my sh- I was stabbing the fronts of my toes to the, to the front of my feet, and I was in a lot of pain, but I, I wasn't in the place of like, you know, like a pain cave, like you're saying about how do you get to that pain cave, more yeah. I was dealing with just pure fear, fear mm-hmm. that I was going to... Um, um, end up having to be pulled that they were going to pull me because I, they weren't sure what my feet are going to look like and took shoes off. And so I was kind of internally panicked and I ended up also dealing with like stomach issues. I think I, I also vomited in a bucket for fun, right? <laughs> During that moment. And so I had, you know, this, this, this stomach issue going on. I was dealing with my feet and, you know, they're talking to me about, do you think you can keep moving? Yeah. You know, because like underneath my toenails and stuff. And I literally was panicked that I, that I was going to not go back out. And it wasn't I was rushing to go out, so don't mishear this. I was taking forever to do it, right? But um, it, it wasn't so much of um, like grit trying to go through there. It was more dealing with the fear, oh, my God, something's going to happen. I'm not going to be able to finish this thing. And so it was really – I mean, I think, you know, we, we started coming with the, with the idea starting after the first, um, around 67, that we would go in and there would always be a plan to come out. Um, and I think even on that, <clears throat> the plan was to go into the medical side. They're going to look at your feet and we're going to see what's going on with your feet and maybe see what's going on with your stomach, right? And there was a plan to come out. And so that's where he was great um, as a pacer, less because I don't like running with somebody, but not so much just because he was with me on the, on the miles, but because yeah. for the last 10 minutes going into the aid station, the critical thing that your pacer should do, and I will always do this if I pay somebody, um, and he did it with me, it was the, you've got to have a plan to go into that aid station. Your pacer needs to say, What's the plan for the aid station? What do you want to do? And how long do you want to be there? And so we had the entire plan of what we would do and what he would do for me while I was there and how long he would allow me to stay. And then once the time came out that I would be released or get to let go, um, I didn't feel pressure to come out because we'd already agreed, oh yeah, you're just going to get up and get out at that time. And he wasn't like saying, okay, it's time to go. It was more like, all right, 10 minutes to roll or whatever the time was we picked, you know? So um, a little bit of a tangent there, but um, so I think having a plan helps yeah. with that type of stuff. Um, but for me, in that pain cave at that moment um, was fear that, um, you know, like uh, I'm going to not be able to finish this because they're going to pull me or I'm going to end up being pulled because of some stupid reason. Yeah. Well, that but what you said is a is a it, that's a good nugget for people that are listening uh, as far as as pacing or even if you don't have a pacer making that decision. I'm going to go into the aid station. I'm going to grab this. I'm going to get this. Uh, I'm going to change my socks and I'm going to get out. You know, like here, you know, making a list because when you get runner brain, that's why it was good when you got a pacer to, <laughs> to help you with it. Um, but uh but yeah, I mean that's and and even like okay now uh, I'm I'm in taper week for and I'm, I'm thinking through my race. I'm thinking through ahead of time. What if this happens? This is what I'm going to do. And and because what? How do you guys respond, uh, Jeremy? Like you know when when people say that it's it's so much mental, uh, the mental part of the game because because you we're you know all three of us here we 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 go out and we do the work. You know we we run we put in we work out we do the things, but what do you what do you say to that uh, do you agree i mean is it what, what do you think about that you're talking about the, a race specifically or just the yeah whole deal? yeah 
Well, I get. I, I would say the the whole deal from from the training to you know training and the race itself being uh, so much mental. <laughs> yeah, uh, I I 100% agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think anybody can do the work. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's funny, you know, the one of the things that we really talk about on the podcast, and it started from when we started working out. I told you we started working out, and uh, people would ask Jeff, "Hey, so you're going to the, you guys are going to the gym now. What's your goal?" And he'd be like, "My goal is to show up in the morning." <laughs> you know, and and to be honest, like at the time, I was like, "Oh, that's cool." It was hard for me to. Right. Yeah. But I mean, that's what, and I think because, you know, when you start wrapping your head around results mm-hmm. around, yeah. Hey, I need this outcome or something, things can get overwhelming really fast. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's kind of, we've had conversations with each other, like, Hey, what about this race? What about that? And we've told each other, Hey, just bring it back to the goal is just to show up. It's just to get there. It's just to do the next step to whatever has to happen. Um, and so to me, that's what it comes down to. And if we talk about the mental game in training, it's really about discipline. Mm-hmm. It's just about showing up every day. And it doesn't mean that it's always going to go the way you want it to, mm-hmm. you know, um, and I, I've been listening to a book called Atomic Habits and the guy was talking about, hey, Good you luck. know, do, doing a push up a day is is better than trying to do 100 and then missing days because you don't have the time or it's overwhelming or whatever. Yeah. Um, so I think taking the action and then, of course, in a race uh, for sure, I think it's pretty rare that your body will actually completely shut down on you. You know, it's probably going to be the mind telling you that your body's done. Yeah. Um, but to your point. I, it's one of the things I love about it. I've, people ask why you do it, and I always tell them because there's not any other instances in life. You can't really uh, simulate it, but I, I learn more about myself in those tough situations than I could in any other part of life. And so uh, that's really the draw for me. Um, I don't want to. No, I, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what he said <laughs> what, what he said well, no. yeah. um, I mean your other strength his other strength is um, and it's you're a heck of a lot more positive than I am he has, he's got a tremendously pos- tremendous positive attitude on an outlook on a lot of things and I think that benefits him in, when he hits those moments um, and maybe even prevents you from getting to some of them you know that um, how you look at them and so the, the idea of just showing up he said you know goes from when we first started going to the gym I've never been physically fit in anything, right? Um, obviously, I told you my nutrition is not even on point. This is a product of my life. But um, so just showing up has been an important philosophy for me as well, just to kind of, you know, in anything I'm going to try and do. But like even training um, with, with whatever we have going on in a run plan or something, it's some days you just don't want to get up and do it. Um, and it's just helped to kind of keep that as a mindset um, and to let things happen as they happen. Um, when I put the pressure on that I've got to reach a certain point, like my first marathon, for example, I wanted to break four hours. I ended up bonking and missing it by like, I think six or seven minutes, maybe, or 10 minutes. And it was just the most frustrating thing. And then the next marathon, which was three months later, I've come under four, four hours, but I'm not worried about performance. Cause I'm like, let's just go have fun with it. You know, you, you're trained. Um, he's out there trying to do his first Boston qualifier. Um, and so for me, I was more like intrigued about what everybody else I knew who was out there doing stuff. And I was just running for fun and I was trying hard, but, yeah. um, it, you you remove some of the the pressure from yourself when you when you reduce it down to just making sure you're present in the moment uh, for your training and for your runs and stuff. Well, 
Yeah, and I think where it really came in handy, I think even especially after a taking a big hit or a failure or you know whatever you want to call it, but um, when we had a good conversation mm-hmm. kind of late last year before we did that the Halloween hopple, and it was a matter of what if, what if I do this race and it doesn't work out, or what if you know, mm-hmm. and we kind of just said, why are we what ifing it? Mm-hmm. Why don't we just show up and see what happens? You know, yeah. that why don't we not make the goal pass fail? What if yeah. the goal is just to show up and then whatever happens, happens, yeah. you know, I think sometimes we, we close the door on opportunities because we're so worried about the outcome. Mm. Um, so that's, what's really, and I, again, I learned that from him and I think it's really helped us and helped me a lot. Um, and it's part of the reason we've kind of based our show on some of that and, mm-hmm. you know, trying to talk to people about that. Cause it goes a long way. It's, it's intimidating, man. When you see what people are doing to think, I don't know if I can do that. Yeah. I don't think, I don't think that's the right thing to think about sometimes, but yes. I think a good attitude is let's just see what I can do. You know, um, you, you said you, uh, I think we, I think we had an exchange online about tiny habits, uh, atomic habits. Uh, cause I, I've read the book. Great book. I, I'm, I'm due to read it again. So I struggle not, not really struggle because, uh, I tell people, I used to tell people that, when I sign up for a race, um, I'm signing up for the race, but also for all of the training that leads up to the race. And I lay my training plan out and like, I make one decision that this is what I'm doing. And so that, so there's that, but then I still make the decision every day, you know, to get up and, and, uh, but it's, it's kind of, it's made, you know? And so, uh, it, it's like a both and for me with the tiny habits, but also that I'm putting in the work. This is the big, the big thing too, the big Mm-hmm. hunk of all of it you know and so uh i don't know I, I i just the race is not just you don't just show up and run a race mm-hmm. i mean some people do but i don't know I, i'm not <laughs> you know <laughs> that hurts sure uh, yeah. So, so let's talk about, uh, you guys, um, you guys, you know, you run ultras, you do this and, and, and then we'll talk about what you've got coming up as far as ultras go, but we need to talk about, um, the ultra running guys podcast and what you guys are doing before we get carried away with time here. I want, I, I've been watching what you're doing. I, I love it. I like, you know, I think it's good. And so talk about how this came about that you guys are, are doing this and, and, and what it's all about. What are you, what are you trying to accomplish, you know, with the ultra running guys podcast? Man, well, I'm letting him go. He's gonna answer. <laughs> yeah, okay. You'll know why as he answers this probably. Um, hey, no, I, I mean, so, man, I don't, honestly, I don't even remember how it started. started, hey, why don't we, what if we start a blog? You know, let's just, I mean, bottom line is we both loved ultra running um, and try to think of different names. And honestly, the ultra running guys came about because as we went through, because <laughs> we're creative. Well, and, and to be honest, a lot of it is, I mean, Wilmington is a huge running community, yeah, yeah. but it's not a huge ultra running community. Mm-hmm. And so uh-huh. a lot of times it's like, oh, you, oh you're the, you're those guys that run the ultra, right? Or like, you're the ultra running guys. So that was okay. <laughs> how it came like, okay, we'll be, we'll, we'll be, be those. the ultra running guys. <laughs> nice. Um, but as far as the the podcast, you know, I think we knew early on that we wanted to kind of focus on on the idea, even though we hadn't really framed it as just show up. Mm-hmm. But um, hey, how do we let people in on the idea that they can do this? Because mm-hmm. you know, I mean, for me, the part of the reason I got into ultras was I heard people ran a hundred miles, and I thought it was impossible, and it completely blew my mind. And then eventually I came around to it. And so, I mean, I love the idea of getting people to kind of 
open their minds up that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so it just kind of started with a blog and some different things. And then we had kicked around the idea, well, how do we tell people stories? Because um, we don't all relate to the same people, you know? And like you said, you can look at a, a Walmsley and he's incredible, mm-hmm. but not, most people aren't going to watch him and think, I can do that. Right. You know? But but there's all these stories out there of people every day doing incredible things um, where people may say, man, I, I could do what that person's doing potentially. Um, so we talked about, OK, well, what about a podcast? We were looking at different things. And then we actually got invited on a podcast um, and did it and enjoyed it. And as soon as it was done, we kind of looked at each other and said, we could do that. I think we could do that. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Um, and we did know, that. Yeah, and so we did it. And at the time, our first guest, we ended up doing a series with him, uh, Steve Epifano. He was, I mean, the, and to me, it's the perfect way that we kicked it off because yeah. he was a guy training for his first 100K, you know. Um, and he's a great runner, but he was training for his first 100K. He was raising money for a buddy that had been killed on a bicycle mm-hmm. and was doing good things for, for um, you know, his family and his wife and kids that were left behind. And so we just said, look, no nobody's probably going to watch anyways. Why don't we just try this thing? And so we reached out to him and said, Hey, what if we, what if we do this? Um, <laughs> and we talked to him for five episodes. Yeah. Five, it was, wow. You know, <laughs> and it's funny how it's evolved at first. We were like, what if we do like many, like five minute episodes, yeah. you know, another let's, an hour, let's try this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but ultimately really what it comes down to is we're just really passionate about telling people stories. We want, we want to not only celebrate the people, um, but hopefully use their stories to provide value or, or give people, uh, like I said, the ability to open their mind up and go, Hey, if they're doing it, why can't I do it? Yeah. Um, and so you talked about the nuggets. I think that's really important to us. And, and that's really the way we come at it is, Hey, not only how do we share cool things that our people mm-hmm. are doing, but how does our community or the ultra running guys family walk away from that going, Oh, that's either something I can incorporate or I can try, or I can think about when I'm in a tough spot. Um, so some of the questions you've asked are mm-hmm. in line with that, right? You know, Hey, how do you, how do you guys get through this? Cause we're all different. And so that, that's really where it came from, man. We just had a blast and got to know some really cool people and learn some really cool things. So anything to add? No, I mean, I think it's, um, <clears throat> yeah, the podcast started like that. It's, um, it, it was something we had, we had thrown around as an idea that we would eventually get to. Um, and, but, but it's just a part overall of everything that we're trying to do with the ultra running guys. Um, we, when we first came up with the idea of, of the ultra running guys, like you said, cause people were calling us that is really because when you, when you think about, um, just ultra running in general, there's not a lot of people who do them in general, right? But it feels like there's a lot because now social media, we can connect to people that we couldn't connect to before. And so we're looking at, this is an opportunity to kind of talk about people who do ultra running together and maybe get a expanded community of those. Mm -hmm. Um, We were talking about a little earlier today and I said, it's kind of like we're gonna go sit in the backyard and have a campfire and you know how you're gonna start talking about running and your wife's gonna walk away because she's like, I don't wanna (laughs) run anymore. But all your ultra (laughs) running friends show up, right? And they all wanna talk about ultra running. You're like, cool. Well, the only way we can do that if there's not a lot of people in our community is to somehow get with them either online through a podcast or through social media, which is why we try to be pretty active on social media. Um, Anything we can do to kind of connect people but not just to us, right? Like the key here for us isn't simply that we say, hey, we have a lot of followers, a lot of subscribers or something. You know, what we have found as a benefit is when some of the people who've been following us for a while have gotten connected to others who are in the same community and they've yeah. gone on a run together. And we're like, that's incredibly cool, yeah. you know? And so for us, that's 
that's a win. Um, so anything we can do not to connect ourselves to them, but to connect to each other is really the goal with what we're doing. Um, and so the podcast has become a great vehicle for that. Um, you know, I, I was a I was a slow convert on that plan. Um, <laughs> but, you know, and, I, you know, Jeremy does a lot all the editing. He's really good at it. Um, I am just here and I try to have comic relief. And then, you know, <laughs> that's about all I got. But um, no, it's it's been a good thing. Um, and I think it's it's provided a good avenue for us to do a little bit more than we thought we would be doing at this point with it. Nice. Nice. I, 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 I agree a hundred percent. I love, I love that. I love when I see people that got connected, like, uh, when I interviewed somebody and then you see them interacting, Hey, I heard you on the pie and you, you're kind of watching this and, and, you know, friendship, you know, and, and I don't know, we're, we live in such a great age that, you know, I mean, we've never met in person, but you know, we've had interactions and we've gotten to talking and now we're getting to, I don't know, we're getting to visit right now and hang out and we'll get to do it again. And I don't know, we'll probably end up at a race at some point and, you know, it's, it's great, you know? We get to, and, and 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 we can learn from each other. I I get encouraged every time I interview somebody, or every time I listen to you guys' podcast. You know, I, I learn and I I get encouraged. And so, man, it's it's beautiful. And that's what somebody asked me today. Or so you're interviewing other guys who are doing a podcast about <laughs> ultra running. Aren't you worried? I was like, no, man. It's it's all good. You know, it's it's. It's, they're, they're good guys. They're in, I love what they're doing. So you know, hey, and we, we run enough that. miles. We run enough. We all run enough miles where everybody can listen to all our podcasts. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah, I, I think it's one hundred percent true. And I think you know one of our values because we sat down and said, okay, hey, if we're gonna do this, if we're gonna put ourselves in front of people, what's important to us, right? Yeah, right? Like, good. hey, what what's the driver for this? What do we want to make sure that not only we get out of it, but if we're asking people to pay attention, what are they going to get out of it? Right. Yeah. Um, and so, I mean, value is at the forefront. And so, yeah, to me, like if we can introduce somebody to your podcast and they can get something great from it, that's like gold. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. and I, I think the more that we all add value to each other, mm. um, you know, it's just good for everybody. Mm. So, Yeah. I, ultimately, we're about building community. The podcast has been kind of, you know, for me, probably the most fulfilling. I, I really, really dig it. Um, but to his point, that is really just a piece of building community. You know, there's other things and, um, you know, we both work and both have things. And I wish that we could do it all the time. I probably do it. Uh, well, I mean, it's, so maybe it's a small, small tangent, but like, so we just launched our first race we're putting on in September of this year and people are like, well, now you're going to do races and all this stuff. And the idea isn't because we want to all of a sudden become race directors or we want to like compete with other race directors in our community. Like we're not interested in that at all. It's really that can we put together a race that's going to be a good time and a great experience for a lot of people to challenge them maybe to do a little bit more than they ever thought they could do yeah. um, encourage them to show up for something that may scare the crud out of them, right, a little bit um, and push them and have a great time doing it. And it's just for the community. And so it's we have full time jobs. It's like I'm not planning on retiring um, because I'm putting on one race. I'm just going to put on this race and kind of see if I can get people together to kind of do it. And so um, it's. It's really about that for us. It's not about any other thing. Yeah. yeah, we've had some good conversations about that. Hey, we are not in the race directing business. We're in we're in the business of building community and race directing is a you know mm-hmm. thing. We're not in the podcasting business. Yeah. Business and building it's community. Amazing. And so I mean we've talked the same thing even I mean you saw the the mugs and even when we've talked about shirts or different things, it's been, hey, 
anything that we do, we want because we want people to be a part of something. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's what we said to each other. We are not in the t-shirt business. Yeah. We're, we're in the business of building community, but just the way I was when I was doing Spartans, man, I wanted to wear Spartan stuff. Right. You know, I wanted <laughs> yeah, to belong yeah. to something. And yeah. so that really guides, I think, a lot of our discussions and our thoughts about the way we approach things. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's right on, man. Uh, it, it it's funny uh, when I started the podcast, I wasn't I don't even know what episode it it was. Um, but um, uh, Scott Coomer from Ten Junk Miles, I I was I got, we had a, a friend in common, and he he's like, yeah, I'll be on your podcast or whatever. And we start, you know, and he he did he even did a review on on you know kind of the same thing, you know, because he's done a great job of building community. There's a lot of people who who follow that podcast, and you know, it's it's a different style, but you know, they have a, a community there. Well, um, he asked the question, oh, and I just started, and he's like, you ever had anybody at a race recognize your voice or something? And I'm like. No, you know, like what? Because he's, you know, he's got a very distinct voice. And um, I, I was at Pumpkin Holler working an aid station this last year, and I was helping somebody. Of course, I got this Cajun accent, and somebody's like, "You're the guy from Run the Riot podcast." I was like, "What? That's <laughs> I awesome. made it." So, you know, it's like, <laughs> yeah, but that's really cool. That is that's super cool. Man. But but it was it was hilarious because it th- yeah, it yeah. threw me off. But you know, th- in the same way, it's like, man, okay, well, people people are listening, and he he shared with you know the guy shared with me uh, what he learned from it, and that's I was like, amen, yeah. right on, you know, th- you know, you get it, you know, and you're here running running a pumpkin holler, you know, and you you got something for it. So, man, I, I'm I'm 100 behind you guys, and um, man, uh, I I'm gonna have to get a t-shirt when you when you get <laughs> your t-shirts, uh-huh. man. <laughs> we'll keep but, it posted. Yeah, man. So, so you, you're, you're, and you guys are very, you do a great job being active on, on social media. I, I, I like that. And, and one of the things that I like is that, um, you know, you're just sharing yourself too, you know, not just like, Hey, I'm, I'm walking this journey, you know, and, and this is me, you know, not, um, come walk with us. You know, we do this podcast thing and, uh, what I'm, I'm running and, uh, Jeff, you're dealing with an injury right now and, and coming back out, you know? So it's like, it's cool. Like I, I, I see your, your posts on the run. And I'm like, all right, you know, I'm, I'm, <laughs> you know, I'm cheering you on. I'm, I'm, I think it's, I think it's, it's, it's good, you know? And so there's that encouragement, you know, there too. Um, and then Jeremy, you're, you're, you're streaking, um, not literally, not, <laughs> I still, I'm still wearing pants. Thank God. Still, still wearing <laughs> pants. Awful clothes. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, uh, you know, and I've, I've been doing that. And so it's like, cool. somebody else's, you know, and, and I started doing it cause I heard Sean Nakamura, who's done a bunch of 200 miles and a bunch of races. He, I was listening to, to him about Tahoe 200 and he shared about doing that consistently. And I was like, man, I'm gonna start doing that. So I'm in the, my third year of doing it, you know, at least two miles a day. And, and I'm I'm watching you, and I'm like, that's right. I you feel the difference. There's a there's there's something about doing it every day. And so I don't know, man. It's it's like a big circular wheel of encouragement or something. <laughs> it's awesome, good for sure. And, and that to me goes back to my point. I mean, I've mm-hmm. seen so many people do streaks, and I was never interested. Yeah. Um, and it just happened to be one of our guests, and he said something that it was at the time that I was struggling with discipline, and the way that he said it, it was perfect. Um, yeah, and he said really what resonated with me is he said, so it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, that's my issue right now. Yeah. And he just said something that resonated with me. So I think that's why it's, you know, I'm sure, you know, you talk to the same people. A lot of the themes are going to be the same, but mm-hmm. sometimes it's just about seeing the right person at the right mm-hmm. time. And I think that's yeah. what's so cool about doing this kind of thing 
is uh, you just never know when something's going to resonate with somebody. Yeah. Yeah. Right on. So what's your, what's your streak? How many, how many miles a day are you doing? Or you just have to run? Is it, how are you doing your streak? So the rule I told myself just kind of in line with the streak international or whatever. So one minimum, but I told myself two. So okay. I'm sticking, I'm sticking to two, um, which I, I don't know. I think I've had more than two. I can't remember if I have done a minimum. Um, but then I, per Russ, who's the guy on ours, um, it's to do it outside unless I have a specific like hill training on a, mm-hmm. um, on a treadmill or something. And that's like an intentional part of my training, but yeah. you know, not to go on the treadmill just cause it's raining or, you know, nasty outside. So, um, so for me, the standard is two. if it were something okay. really dangerous or, you know, my family was in peril, then I call accept one, <laughs> you yeah, know? yeah, yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> but, um, to be honest, I've just been training. We got a cool four mile, four mile loop. And so on like my recovery days or off days that are planned, that's what I'll do. I'll just go run that as a four mile recovery as part of my streak. And it's been working really well. I mean, I'm only 23 days in, you know, so it's still fresh, yeah. but and in the beginning you gave yourself permission to walk. Yeah, I was coming off an injury. And so I just said, hey, I if I need to walk, I'll walk. But um, that was part of, a, you know, especially being injured and kind of dealing with that mentally. I was like, OK, I need just this every day. I need this yeah. discipline. Um, but, you know, the walk had to be intentional. It had to be mm-hmm. start the watch, get the shoes on. You know, if I got to walk because of injury, I'll do it. Right. Not, uh, OK, I'm, I walked around the mall. For yeah, no, yeah, it's a dedicated mile. time to go out yeah. and walk. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And but, so, but I like that because even I think Russ mentioned that I like that a lot because it made me think about um, there's a lot of people out there that um, may not feel like they can go do anything at all. But if you can give yourself permission to at least walk, because you said you were adding that in, I thought that's what you really want to do is you may not always be able to run. But if you do yeah. an intentional walk, it's just as good as getting out of there for that discipline and stuff. So I think it's cool. Well, yeah. and it plays into the I mean, again, there's times when I blew off a run because I didn't think I had time to do 10 miles. So I did none. Yeah. You know, <laughs> that crazy. Um, and, and now yeah. it's like, well, if I got to go, I mean, if, if I'm going anyways, maybe I'll get four instead of 10. And mm-hmm. that's still a huge, it's the just show up thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he, he had challenged me before. Well, if, you know, if you don't feel like going, just go tell yourself you're going to go start walking and then see what happens. Cause we all know that you'll end up running if you get out yeah. the door. <laughs> yeah. So. That's good. Well, let's let's talk real quick uh, about and I, 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 I we're getting late here. I don't want to keep you guys longer than you want to be, but I, I want to talk real quick about injuries because uh, Jeff, you're coming off one. Mm-hmm. You're coming off. Is it plantar fasciitis? Uh, yeah, I've had that since September. Okay. How and did? Uh, yeah, good. that's a, that's a long time. How, how did it come? Did it come about in a race or just creep up on you or? Um, it's been creeping up for a while. Well, I made the mistake um, trying to get through December. Um, uh, so I got around September, October, realizing my foot was starting to bother me a little bit. I even had a couple races since that time from from that time that, that I did as well. But you start looking at how many miles you've accomplished during the year, and I was like, I think I can hit 3,000 by the end of the year, and that'd be like a huge, you know, benchmark for me because I've never even come close to that, right? Because my goal was to run 2020 in 2020, yeah. and so um, I got close and I said, I'm just going to keep running anyway. And so I pushed way too hard in December um, for myself, and I think it just exacerbated the problem. So I took a little bit of time off in January, um, and then I um, there was something else I did in January and ran anyway. Um, I know I ran yours with you a little bit, but there was something else I was doing. Well, you jacked your knee up. Oh, yeah. And I jacked my knee up on a training run for another ultra ultra that I was going to do. I just never really took the time off that I needed to, um, even in January. And so I tried and then um, decided at some point I've just got to be done. So I, I cut it. I stopped moving like and started just walking only. Um, yeah. 
and I did I walked for two straight weeks, um, just a certain amount of miles each day. And then I just recently started doing run walk. I've been doing PT off and on for about I don't know two months. Yeah. Um, and been doing the exercise, been doing yoga for at least three months because I knew okay. some exercise to do already. It's just taking a really, really long time. And it, for some reason, it's not going away, but um, I am making progress. It's just a little bit out of time. And yeah. it's, been, um, it's been rough. It's been rough mentally. Yeah. yeah. Really rough mentally. So. Well, and you, you're taking the approach I always tell, and I've said it a bunch of times on the podcast, when you can't do what you want to do, you do what you can. And that sounds like what you're doing. And, you know, um, man, that's, you know, just keep, keep, I, I have to do that mentally when I've had ACL reconstruction twice. And, uh, as soon as I could get out the door, I was crutching into the gym and working something, doing something, you know, just to keep my, my, my brain occupied. But, um, it's tough, man, when you're used to running and doing, and you can't do what you want to do, man, it can play with you, with your brain. So, uh, it, it, but, that, uh, but that's where his permission to walk came in for me a lot. Um, yeah. it's like, you, you know, you're not supposed to, I'm not supposed to be running on it for sure, but, um, I can at least walk. And so, so you, that. you've been doing the street too. Um, I actually have, he doesn't know about it cause he doesn't pay attention to my Garmin, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, that, that's he, awesome. He just didn't put it out to the world. Yeah. I just yeah. don't, I just don't, but that's just me. And it's because I don't want to feel that type of pressure that I have to do it. Um, yeah. but the thing that has resonated for me is not even to show up on this particular thing because of the injury. It's been really the, uh, permission to walk idea, um, to allow myself the grace to kind of go through a difficult situation and to push through any way um, yeah. to find another way of continuing to do the things I want to do. Yeah. So it's been really, really helpful for me. You do, you do your streaking in private. I am. I'm a private streaker. <laughs> okay. so like when we're done here tonight, I'm going to be running home. So okay, nice. <laughs> walk, run home. There you go. There you go. Streaking through my neighborhood. Streaking through my neighborhood. Um, and Jeremy, you, uh, you, you had an injury that was, it was from a race if I remember correctly, huh? <laughs> yeah. Um, so I did my first last man standing, uh, I was supposed to do a backyard ultra last year. And of course, you know, how last year went. Yeah. Um, and so that's, everything's really been pointed at May, but I did one in January. It was a great learning experience. Uh, but you know, it was cold, it was rainy. I think I just allowed myself a little too much time in between <clears> and let my muscles get cold and then so one of the laps pretty early on like right before mile 25 mm-hmm. um i just felt a, a twinge in my right thigh uh you know my right quad and it just got progressively worse and i continued to run on it for a long time yeah and uh so by the time i, I mean it was done um the mri showed just a slight tear in in the quad uh had a lot of fluid in my knee and so but yeah i mean I wasn't able to walk very well. Uh, it's definitely no running in, you know, right after, but, um, really, really happy mm-hmm. with the recovery and it was really only down for a couple of weeks and now I'm running great. I still feel a little bit of fluid in my knee. If I bend it certain ways, I can tell it's not a hundred percent gone, yeah. but it does not impact my running at all. Um, so I feel super, super lucky. That's great. Yeah. I, I'm intrigued by the, the last man standing. I, I, I the, the whole, talking about mental i mean there's a lot of uh, mental and gamesmanship and and uh just just strategy in that and so i, I haven't haven't done one yet uh, I, i'm considering one in arkansas if i can fit it in this year but uh i don't know man uh what, what, what are tips for anybody what, what, what did you learn okay so, so i just heard don't let your muscles cool down too much if it's cold <laughs> yeah i mean i think that would be the the real big one you know the hard part i think the and, and it may have played a role 
is most people are typically aiming for like 12 minute pace, you know, cause you have an hour to run. You have just over a 14 minute pace, um, to go. So you don't want to break, you know, too long. And so, I mean, for me, definitely the mechanics is way different yeah. um, from how I normally train. And so I really was trying to do more of a walk run versus run at a 12 minute, you know, just okay. cause I could tell right away, Hey, my hips don't like running too slow. This is yeah. different. Um, so yeah, I would say keep the the muscles warm, whether it's massaging them. I mean, I see people do that. I just figured, Hey, later in the race, I'll massage when they start to ache. Yeah. Um, and then I think, you know, it's, I don't know, I'll have to kind of rethink the calorie stuff. I was taking in a lot of calories early on, um, but you're moving pretty slow. I don't know. Um, but you didn't have stomach issues or anything. I didn't have stomach issues. Which means you didn't overeat. Yeah, I didn't, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I For me, the, yeah. I think the big thing was really how I managed the breaks. Um and then not caring in, which is hard to do when you all start the, the lap together every time, but not caring about what other people are doing. Yeah. Um, and then really the big thing for me was at the end, even though everything felt super critical, everything felt it was like it was dire, like I was going to run out of time every loop. And when I went back and looked, even though I was injured, I was having eight to 10 minutes yep. of <clears throat> time after i finished and in my head it was like okay i gotta get i gotta switch up my fluids and my calories and i gotta take care of my leg and it felt like i had zero time um but looking back i think if i just would have slowed down relaxed it a little bit been okay with uh you know just been okay with hey i got two minutes until the next start you know maybe yeah. i would have broke down quicker i don't know um <laughs> But yeah. from a mental standpoint, yeah, I would say that um, what I noticed, not just with him, because I was there with, with his wife and, um, uh, and another people just crew for him, um, even with him, but even others, is that the funny thing, the funny, funny thing, right, <laughs> um, is that when you watch the individuals, like you said, they have like eight to 10 minutes. Most of them have eight to 10 minutes when they come back. But as they're in pain, that eight to eight to 10 minutes somehow in their brain gets smaller. Um, even though it's the same length of time, yeah. pain makes them feel like the time is flying. Um, and you're always like, you got plenty of time. What do you, what would you like? You're almost like try, as a crew, you're trying to figure out how do you talk in a way that slows time in their brain because yeah. you have just as much time you've had every lap, but the way they're perceiving the experience is that they're rushing. Yeah. And, um, it's, it's what I began to pick up just body language from him and from the, even, even as crew, as, as he is in pain and others are in pain, you begin to feel like you're moving faster for them because you're trying to, um, to, um, you know, deal with that. But the best thing you can do with your crew is just to kind of stay calm and, and bring it down is what I began to realize. Like it, it, we need to reduce the traffic around him and reduce, but, but that when you're injured and everybody's there, you know, and it begins to be critical, um, but it shouldn't become critical because the time hasn't changed. The brain has convinced you because of your pain that it has. And it that's has interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. For, for me, I think it was more that the whole time on the course, I felt like I was going to time out. I felt like, I'm not going to be able to move fast enough yeah. to get through it. So you push and push and then you're like, Oh, I had eight to 10 minutes. But that's yeah. in hindsight. Yeah. Back yeah, that's in hindsight mm -hmm. at yeah. the time. But it's because every time I started, I, I was thinking, I don't know that I can make it through another lap because this yeah. hurts, mm -hmm. which means I'm moving slower than I should, which means right. I'm going to push harder. And so you spend the whole lap feeling like I don't know that I'm going to be able to finish. <laughs> and then you get there like, man, I had extra time. It's constant yeah. chasing cuddles, yeah. man. Yeah. So, um, I, for me, I'm really excited about May. I think from an energy standpoint, the rest of my body felt really good. I think, mm -hmm. you know, if I could have avoided that, it would have been a great day, but, um, I probably learned more from it for sure. Yeah. Cool, and man. Just dealing with, yeah, you're uh, great, great. 
just dealing with the pain and, and knowing that like we do in all the ultras that, you know, you can push forward and it'll be okay. Yeah. Nice. I guess I think the, one of the hard things with that one is, is you don't know how long it'll be, you know, and that's, that's where I guess when you get increase in my, you know, you, it can, we can be here a while, you know, when you see Courtney and those guys just, Sure. Well, it's crazy. That would be my other tip. Just what you said. You don't know how long it'll be, but you also don't know when other people are going to drop. Because I ended up in the final two, but when we were in the final five, yeah, you know the the three that I expected to go the longest, yeah. uh, two of them dropped back to back. Yep. And then one of the guys that I thought was going to be gone a while before was still there. And yeah. Um. So you you don't know. You just don't know the the ne- the next lap may make the difference because they may decide to drop. You know, well, and so. some people have really good game faces, you know, I mean, I, really, I mean, I've had people say, oh, you look so good and uh, you look good at whatever. And I was like, man, I was feeling like garbage, you know, and, and some people just have good. Some people look like garbage and they they're they're running great. You know, it's hard. <laughs> I did not have a good game face that day. You man. didn't have a good game. Face. <laughs> <laughs> um, so so you've got you've got the, the Capital Backyard uh, Ultra coming up and then uh, you guys both are doing the Yeti in September. Well, and I may have missed. So he's oh. actually signed up for two races, but oh, I'll okay. let him talk about it. Yeah, what's up, Jeff? <laughs> oh my God. Um, so I'm theoretic. I'm signed up for the Yeti. Um, oh, and that's and I'm also signed up for the Hennepin back to back. Yeah, uh, that's like a week apart there, huh? Yeah. So I'm only doing one. I don't know which one. Oh, okay. All yeah. right. So I've got um, the Hennepin was because I was supposed to do it last year, and it just rolled okay. over to this one. And I signed up for Yeti because. I like the Yeti one and I was and didn't know if I was going to get in. And so I know that, that I've got a family obligation on one of those weekends, but the date hasn't been decided yet. And so okay. because of that, I went ahead and secured one of those weeks is going to be my hundred. And so I'll be doing one or the other. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, I, I'm trying to remember the hennepin buckle. I think it's pretty cool, but the Yeti buckle is if you're going to go by buckle, I mean, Yeti buckle. <laughs> He's already got that one too. Oh, you, you yeah, you've done the Yeti already. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, man. That's good. That's, I'm excited yeah. to go back to the last time I had a great race, you did. but then I ended up in the hospital for five days afterwards. So I want to go back and actually just celebrate. So was that, was that, uh, what was, what was you in the hospital for? What was it? Uh, rhabdo and kidney okay. failure. I thought I remember hearing that. Um, yeah, man, you, you pushed, you just feel like you pushed too hard. Huh? Yeah. And, and then, I mean, I think if I would have got fluid, I mean, yeah. who knows, but I felt like if I would have got fluids right afterwards, but I did not listen to Jeff and my wife and, you know, go to the hospital early on. And by the time I went, it, it had just gotten bad enough, but yeah, yeah. you would have just been dehydrated. Yeah. I probably just would have been dehydrated. I probably still would have had really kidney bad. function at that point. <laughs> it had been severe dehydration still because I mean, you were bad, but yeah. Yeah. Well, pra- praise God you you bounce back and you're able to, to run because there's a lot of people who deal with that and uh, end up in a real bad spot. But, yeah. uh, well, uh, real quick, guys, because it's 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 getting late. And, and uh, Jeff, you've got you've got to run, walk home. Um, so um, so real quick, uh, we'll, we'll do it. We'll do it fast. And uh, you, you, we'll start with uh, with Jeremy and then Jeff. OK, which which what shoes are you wearing? Uh, I wear the Ultra Escalantes nice. and, then, and then the Superiors if I'm on trail. All right, I did my first hundred in Superiors, but I'm old and my feet hurt, so I gotta wear Olympus or <laughs> our attempts now. So it's, <laughs> that's good shoes. All right, what about you, Jeff? I am back in Brooks Glycerin because I had to give up on the ultras because I think they contributed to my PF. Oh man, you gotta stretch mm-hmm. your calves, man. That's why. I hear you, brother. I hear you. <laughs> nice. Okay. Uh, uh, pack. What pack are you wearing? 
Um, so I'm wearing the Nathan uh, Vapor Crar. Do the Crar. Okay. Yeah. And I'm, yeah. I'm the Vapor Air. Oh, okay. So, so both, both Nathan. Nice. All right. GPS. Well, I'm in the Garmin 235 right now, but I'm going to have to figure something out. My heart rate monitor broke, and <laughs> I want a longer battery, so we'll, we'll see. But so, Something start with a C where everybody's going, maybe. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's although, although the new Garmin the Solar, new Garmin, I mean, yeah. Yeah, the, yeah, I was wondering when they were going to hit back, and now they just did, you know, so we'll see. Yeah. It's like yeah. 799. I was going to say, I don't, my wife probably won't let me buy that, but. I have a Garmin also. Sell, like, sell one of those kidneys. Yeah, sure. <laughs> that, that's, that's right. I don't need them. Yeah. yeah. Jeff, which, which one you you wear? Garmin also. Garmin. All right, cool. Um, and uh, headlamps or waist lamps or light. Man, so to be honest, headlamp, at least I had the Costco special, you know, that um, I have whatever I can find. I'll just say, I don't even Coleman? know what brand it is. is. That Coleman? I don't even know if it says Coleman. It, mine's of like some knockoff cheap thing that gives me like what, 500 lumens or something yeah, like that? Yeah, I don't know. The, honestly, the one I got was like a two-pack at Costco. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. <laughs> it, it's worked great, but I do think I would like to get one of the waist yeah, lamps. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I ran with Jordan, and he let me borrow one. I really liked it. I was going to uh, tell you, man, it's a game changer. I, I'm, I'm all about that, man, big time. Yeah. What kind do you have? I, I do the Ultraspire. I'm, I'm on the their, their immortal team or whatever, but, I mean, I would recommend it anyway. I have this it's 600 lumen, and I usually run at it, uh, run it at – the, the half and it's 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 perfect uh, the depth perception is amazing um you know you can kind of see the shadows on where you're stepping and all i mean take or even take your headlamp put it around your waist and you get an idea but um and then some people are using the kogala you know because it's i don't know it looks like a spaceship landing because and you got to hmm. carry a battery pack but uh but i, I use the ultra spire one so what's yeah. your battery life on the um on half on half, I'll get. Uh, let's see. Uh, I didn't have to change, and and you can just swap out the the battery. It's got one you can just pull out real quick. So I always carry an extra, but I've never had to swap it out. So I've gotten on half. I've I've. Um, let's see. For for states, I used it, and I was, man, I was six seven hours at night, and uh, I didn't have any. I didn't have to swap it or anything. Cool. Um, cool. And uh, other races too, same. So yeah. Um. What's what else? Um. Th- th- we did shoes. We did. Uh, you, you doing toe socks or what? Uh, I do have some, but I prefer, um, so I use like dry max or, um, okay. exoskin or something like that. Um, okay. or even smart wool or smart okay. wick. I think it's just called. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Swift wick. I've got a mix just for training stuff, features, and even some Reebok stuff. Um, my go-to for races has been the, uh, Belega mm-hmm. no blister or the blister proof or whatever. Um, okay. just because I wore that in Umstead when it rained for, 20 hours or whatever um and my feet were great and so yeah like i said I, i'm not as picky about what i train in but especially if i know it's gonna be wet or the trails are gonna be bad that's typically what i'm putting on mm-hmm. okay and the, the last one uh your go-to uh electrolytes and nutrition what's your your favorite thing uh for for on a race uh currently uh, <laughs> okay. my latest stuff that i'm on is i use sos hydration Okay. Um, it's just some little, it's like a, a, an electrolyte is all it is. It's got very little carbs or anything in it. Um, it's a drink mix, basically kind of like a Pedialyte almost. Um, okay. Um, you can get it at CVS or Walgreens called SOS Hydration. Huh. Um, they have okay. different flavors. It's pretty cheap. Um, and then I use this other thing called SIS. Um, instead of Goose, it's called Science and Sport. It's out of the U- UK. 
I'm using that for my next race. Yeah. yeah. Their yeah. apple flavor is the best, but they always sell out. Um, but <laughs> it is, you don't have to drink with it or anything. It's just mm-hmm. like liquid and it, it's fantastic. Yeah. I'll so. be sucking them down. I'd love it yeah. this weekend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're great. Those are the two I use currently. Nice. Cool. My favorite of all time was the Herbalife Prolong and they discontinued it. Um, but I freaking loved it. And so I've been in a search to find something to replace it right now. As far as liquid calories, it's probably the Martin. Um, and then sport legs. I don't know if you ever tried sport legs, but um, I have some, but I've never tried the pills. The, the yeah, pills, I've never man. tried them. So you, you take them before and then every couple hours. And I noticed if I, for the really long stuff, you know, yeah. but, um, that first hundred, I, I locked up twice and both times just cause I got behind on it. And mm-hmm. once I got them back in my system, they just help with cramping. Yeah. Um, so somebody told me you've got to try this site. The main, you know, cyclists use them, but, uh, man, I, I, I really, really like those. Gotcha. So I do have, I do have one asterisk to my favorite food at this point. Um, because I do eat more food, normal food if I can. So if yeah. I can have normal food as opposed to doing like the quick electrolytes that you were asking about, I will take go-go squeeze, apple grape, like squeezable applesauce all day. Yeah. Uh, yeah. A lot of people, and it comes in a convenient squeeze pouch. It's so good. If you got any connections, he would love to be sponsored by go-go squeeze. <laughs> I've actually asked them. I've reached out to them. They said, we're not looking for new people right now. I was like, okay, I'll keep eating it. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Yeah, I don't care. Uh, well, guys, it, it's been it's been awesome talking to you uh, after after, you know, watching you online. It's been great visiting, getting to know you, man. Everybody listening, go check out the podcast. Look these guys up. Uh, I'll, I'll post on the show notes uh, all the links to the podcast, the social media. And so uh, check out what these guys are doing. And uh, man, y'all keep it up, man. And I look forward to uh, hanging with you guys at some point and, and visiting again. Awesome. Yeah, man, we really appreciate you taking the time. It's been great talking and we are looking forward to talking to you again in a couple couple weeks. So hopefully, hopefully it'll be like really good news after love it. We'll see. We're hoping uh, you're really sore when we, we talk. To as you. long as we have good stories, that's all we care. Yeah, know. that's all we care about. Right? <laughs> oh, they'll, they'll stories, I'm sure. So we, we may have your wife on with us so she can tell us how bad you were during it. <laughs> we 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 can do that and she'll tell the truth man she she part of part of her uh god's got her in my life to help keep me humble so that's that's good. awesome that's <laughs> cool. well well you take care guys and uh and jeff man you have a good run home thanks man i appreciate it you have a good night thanks brother All right.